This morning, we're dealing with the topic of love, and uh, I got a lot to cover today. There's a chance I won't finish as per normal, but that's okay. Um, I want to get into some things that made me ponder. These are comments, phrases, memes that made me pause and go, huh, that's interesting. Does that happen to some of you? Where you see something and go, huh, that's interesting. What, that, that could be deeper than what I first thought. And so the first one this morning was, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. And I thought, okay. That's all. I've heard this before, but to see it again bluntly is a beautiful reminder to those who think doubt is a bad thing. It is not. To doubt something means to question. To question means you have freedom to question. And to question means you want a deeper, better, more hope-filled answer, which is what Hope Fellowship is all about. I love that. Certainty means usually you are unteachable. Nope, that's locked in. Nope, this is blah, 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 blah. And off we go. That candle blew out again. So we're going to light another one back here. Fine. There we go. For those people who say, hey, it's out. Please light it. So anyway, three of you are thinking it. I know it. All right. By the way, that's um, Hawaii. Just so you know. It really is. It's a picture taken this week by somebody in Hawaii. So anyway, somebody used to go to Hope Fellowship. Here's another one. This may be Ponder on Friday morning. We need to come out of the word... So the word can come out of us. That was shared um, in response to a conversation. And so uh, notice the letters of the word word, small w and then capital W. There's an unhealthy obsession with the Bible, one that takes it, the pendulum swing far too far to make it a place of absolute not every single word in the version we have is absolutely accurate. And if that's where you're at, I'm going to tell you right now, you got some learning to do. And that's a certainty that needs to be unlearned. There's more to learn in our history. I thought that was really a great quote spoken by somebody here. <clears throat> our unbelief does not undo the incarnation but the incarnation eventually undoes our belief. I love that. The incarnation is Jesus becoming man. The spirit trinity formed into human flesh. Incarnation. It's beautiful. I love this one. If you don't know who David Hayward is, he writes very controversial or draws controversial comics that really tick off the evangelicals. And uh, uh, that means they're really good. Um, but this is really good. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And he circles others. This is anyone, not you. Anyone not like you. Oh, everyone else. Does that sum it up? Yeah. I thought that was pretty powerful because we have our own lists in our head of people we don't want to treat well. Or we don't have the patience to treat them well. Or we, we judge improperly just because they're different. That's so hard. But yet, the more we grow in our understanding of who God is, so does our love for others. Love this from Michael Frost. Martin Luther's triple advent of the Lord. We celebrate his arrival in the manger. We anticipate his coming in glory. And we experience his presence in our hearts. I thought that was really cool. He has another quote that came up that I love this. This advent... Please don't just sing about the kingdom of God. See yourself as an agent 
Secret agent. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, of that kingdom sent to bring healing, restoration, and repair to a broken world in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is really good. When we act in love, we are doing it in the name of Jesus without having to tack on in the name of Jesus. Our prayers, we don't have to pray in the name of Jesus by tacking it on our prayer. We're already praying in the name of Jesus. Who else's name do we pray in? Seriously. So to have to tag it on sometimes is for the benefit of the hearers, but not when we're having our conversation privately with our Heavenly Father. But this is really good. Advent is about waiting, but it's not about us waiting on God. It's about God waiting on us. The reason this one caught me is Advent is about the anticipation of things coming. So there is a sense that we're waiting for the 25th, so to speak, and joining the rest of the world that's involved in celebrating Advent, because this is worldwide. But there's a thing in Advent about God is waiting on us, too. God's not pushy. Not pushy at all. He doesn't force anything on us. He doesn't force change. If I'm not mistaken, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, which means a change of mind. Repentance does not mean begging for forgiveness and asking Jesus into your heart. Repentance means change your mind of what, about what you believe about who God is oh, and who you are. You're going to love this devotional that's coming up shortly. I love this from Kenneth Tanner. Advent people wait with anticipation and hope amid the trauma of existence for the healing judgments of God because our encounters with Jesus teach us to trust the fire that is his love. Some of you are going, what? That's okay. A few of you got it. We can come back to it and, and rewatch it online. This is, to me, that was profound. Next one, Kenneth Tanner again. From eternity, God is servant intricately caring for the cosmos and us humans. God becomes human even though most humans resist the servant's path. God is among us as one who serves because the life of a servant is the only way God could be human and not betray his nature as God. Can you see how some of these things can make me ponder? If it makes you ponder, then I'm thrilled. So what is this advent of love? Some of you know who Francois Dutoy is. He's the translator of, or the writer of the Mirror Translation. He lives in South Africa. And, um, we've had his video on here several times. He's very animated, very, very excited, and fun to watch and listen to. But he posted this just the other day. And if you don't know who Malcolm Smith is, Malcolm Smith is a teacher that is worth researching on YouTube and listening to. He is one of the guys that has been teaching longer than any other teacher I know on this message of grace and identity. Nobody has taught longer than he has. And this, this is pretty cool. Francis writes, Francois writes, you started preaching three years before I was born. And Francois is not young. We salute you as a pioneer of a new generation, faithfully carrying the ageless gospel in freshness and powerful simplicity 
that is as relevant today as it was in the heart of Elohim before time was. 70 years, so back up to here, 70 years in ministry. I'm starting year 20 today, or Thursday. Year 20. 70! Seriously! And he's still amazing. Still gentle. He's got that, remember there's certain teachers that have this neat gentleness about them? They can be passionate, but there's still a gentle passion there that is real and believable, and Malcolm is that too. Um, Malcolm Smith writes, listen carefully, this is for you. This is about the love. This is the advent of love and why love is so important. There is no debate that I am at the center of God's affection. There is no debate that I'm, oops, oops, twice. God loves me, therefore all his actions will be good to me. All that he does blesses me. That's final. God's pleased with us. That's hard to get through our heads sometimes. And this word pleased in Hebrew is the experience of emotional delight. Our Western culture does not like to engage in emotional conversations. We like factual. We like knowledge. But the feeling has to be there too. There is a response. There's an emotional response. It's critical. This next part's really amazing. It is the feeling of great favor towards someone. God loves you. And if you haven't heard it this week, I'm telling you, God loves you. He delights in you. Think of what the word delight means. It's almost like a childish sparkle in their eye. I love He's nuts about you. <laughs> He's got a fire in his belly over you. This is you he is speaking of. This is Possibly uncomfortable for some people to take it, listen, and believe, because we don't even like ourselves and see ourselves as worthy. And yet, this is where you need to repent, change your mind, that you are worthy, you are loved, God does delight in you, he's nuts about you, he's got a fire in his belly over you. You are the beloved of God. Every part of your life is in Christ, because that's where the Holy Spirit is, and he dwells in you. He has chosen to make you the place of his dwelling. There's nothing else in the entire cosmos that delights God more than you. Oh, man. Don't put your hands up, but man, how many? Is this hard to take in and go, wow, that's that's getting really personal. Yeah, it is. The challenge you have in your life right now It's not the difficulties of the situation. The challenge you have is to to discover the goodness of and the love of God that is so infinitely greater than the situation. The situation has brought you to a place where you will discover God like you've never discovered him before. This is for all those who are going through tough times. This is for those who are feeling not loved, not accepted, not valued. This is for all of us. How's that for devotional? (laughs) Didn't get a single amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into this. This next illustration video is uh, an introduction to this Topic of love, I think you'll like it.
Mom. Dad. I'm pregnant. You think she said it like that? Almost like, here it is. Deal with it. And by the way, your grandson, he'll be the son of the most high God. Yeah, how, how do you even say that? The angel told her not to be afraid. And Mary, well, we know she was faithful. So maybe, maybe she just decided to believe him. That whatever was about to happen, she was gonna be okay. When do you think she realized that she hadn't accidentally found herself in this situation, but she'd actually been chosen for it? Because when you know that you're chosen, that's when you know that you're loved. And when you're loved, well, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. But Mary dared. She dared to trust God as she watched him give life, then give it up for our sakes. And it all, in the unforgettable miracles and the very scary moments, she trusted his will rather than demanded answers, walked forward instead of turned back, stepped out instead of hit. Kind of makes you want to be like that little girl, huh? So do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. To be chosen is to be loved. <laughs> You're chosen. Oh, wait, he actually chose you before the foundations of the earth. You've been chosen before time began. You were chosen to be in Christ. When he died, you died. When he rose, you rose. This is your identity, your oneness. God is love, and there are no buts. If you find a but, kick it. Because there are no buts in unconditional love at all. Not even your rational thinking. Well, if God, well, if, you know, if God really knew me and how I feel about all this, well, hang on, maybe you don't know you. God knows you far better than you think you do. And he delights in you. His love, yeah, his, his love will blow your socks off. If you haven't come to blow your socks off revelation yet, I'm praying that God will show you a blow your socks off wake up call. I love this from Carl Henry, which is posted by Zach Lambert. I find myself really leaning into this perspective on the birth of Jesus this Advent season. The early church didn't say, look what the world is coming to. They said, ooh, look what has come into the world. <laughs> can you see the difference in our culture? You can have a defeated 
pessimistic, negative view. Well, what's this world coming to? Yeah, well, look who came into the world. Look who lives in you. I have more hope in the one who's come than the, this, this temporary media spree of bad news. But in there, there's good news if you look for it. There's good news in how people care for one another. There's good news in the tender-hearted helping a person that needs help. Weeping with those who weep. Laughing with those who laugh. There's much hope. Luke 2. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Why is this important? I know you're all asking because, you know. But this idea of Caesar Augustus, he loved consensuses. He loved to brag about how many people there were and where they're from. It just happened to be it was the first one when this guy was governor. But that's why David, uh, uh, in, in, to David's city, that's where Joseph and Mary had to go because that was the birthplace, the lineage place for Joseph, as we'll see here. But that's why they ended up there. And all went to be registered to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Well, that's got to be awkward. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over the flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Well, wouldn't you be? Imagine going out into a farmer's field, big farmer's field, looking up, just, you know, taking in this clear sky, and it's pretty cool, suddenly, the angel appears, holy freaky tiki, okay? That just would be nuts. I would be scared too, okay? So, but every time we see an angelic thing happen, the first words are, do not fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for some people who say the right prayer, and if you're in the right religion. Oh no, it says that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, there was an angel multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, now okay, so if one angel wasn't enough, now you got like a large group. Glory to God in the highest on earth, on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. The city of David. This was not a popular city, but this has been prophesied by Micah. Hundreds of years before this happened. Here's something else to remember, and I know Gail Sider uh, mentioned this to me a number of years ago, and it was really cool because she forced me to look into it a little bit more. And there's a legitimate possibility that those sheep that were being taken care of were likely sheep for sacrifices. There's a good likelihood of that. Imagine that to that place. Oh, 
And it's very likely David took care of sheep in those fields. Very likely. We're not going to get all absolute because we can't be. But it's a really cool thought to make us think, wow, stuff is so interweaving, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you are interwoven into the life of God. That's even more cool. Last week we ended with this, Hebrews 9. And as I looked at it, I thought, I, I want to continue from this. There's something here that we need to capture. Oh, boy. Okay, I, can, I think I can do it. Okay, I can do it. I'm going to read really fast. You can slow down your video later. Anyway, um, if I, this is really cool. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, once for all time, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that, Comes judgment, we're going to come back to that word, okay? Because it doesn't mean what you think it means. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people, the same many. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. The word judgment my friend Richard Murray wrote something like a week ago on judgment, and I thought, oh, this is good. The Greek word for judgment is krisis. It means related to our English word crisis. Crisis is Latinized form of the Greek krisis, which meant the turning point in a disease, as used by Hippocrates and Galen, literally judgment. Start to think, the word crisis, judgment, hmm. Here's one of the biggest blind spots in the body of Christ. God judges us to eternally cure us, not eternally crush us. We're so doggone used to the word judgment being a negative thing. Oh no, you're going to be judged. Oh, all your stuff, all the stuff you've done bad is going to be laid out. and you're gonna, Everybody's going to watch on a huge plasma LCD TV, you know, for all of eternity. You're going to see all your bad stuff and good stuff. You're going to be so ashamed. But like, it's, it's like, where did all that come from? It's not going to happen because grace wins. His judgment represents the crisis point of our soul sickness, when the tide starts to turn towards our full recovery. Christ is the cosmic champion of crisis management. You can trust Christ in you. Who will judge you? When you go to the family doctor, you know they judge you a lot? You thought your relatives judged you, but a doctor really judges you. Oh yeah. They assess, they judge to see, poke, 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 does that hurt? Nope. And they judge and go, good, it's not supposed to. Does this hurt? Poke, poke, pouch! Yes. Well, that's not supposed to. You just got judged again. And they deal with, what's the word? Healing. Restoration. They're not there to make you feel crappy. They're not. They're there for your healing. 
which is a representation, a, pair, a, a picture of what Jesus has come to do, to heal us. If this journey, if judgment comes at you that doesn't feel like a potential healing, that's not judgment from God. That's a negative judgment from the world. Or you need to redefine your definitions as in repent. This is love. If there's something in Advent you want to focus on, this is, this is what's to focus on. God's nuts about you. <laughs> oh, it sounds so funny. You say it to the, depends on the type of people you say it to. If you say it to a really liturgical person who's been in church for 50, 60 years, you say, God's nuts about you. What are you talking about? The Lord loveth me. <laughs> it's okay. There's room for all that. By the way, Malcolm is 70 years of ministry, and he said it. We all have room to grow and change and soften. If we don't soften towards people, then we are not growing in love. If we're becoming more judgmental in the negative sense, that is not Jesus. If we judge someone to be in despair and reach out to help, that's love. Because we see a crisis. <laughs> Are you starting to get the point? Judgment, crisis, reaching out, healing, restoring. <laughs> it's like justice. A Roman understanding of justice is payback, retribution. And we see that in the scriptures in the Old Testament. But the Hebrew mindset for justice is not payback. It's put back. It's restorative. And God wants to restore your mind to the original understanding that you are love, pure, holy, righteous, and God's delight. And he wants to restore your mind of his concept, your concept of him or them as a trinity, that God is love for you and you are in them. You're not separated. That's an illusion. So this Advent, this week, look for love. You want to be judgmental? Do it like this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may your love in us, may your life in us, ooze out, spill over to the people we bump into, and where we are not gentle, may we quickly repent as quickly as possible and restore the negativity to apologize and practice living from your life so that becomes normal. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.